Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hey Ashley, why didn't you let Ian watch her story? I it, Ian can watch her story. It's on YouTube. It's just I didn't allow them. I, I, I mm, I'm never going to live this down. Okay. Hello, this is Ashley Lauren Rogers, your producer, uh, and yeah, here is part two of the Trans Theater Fest coverage that we're doing. I hope you enjoyed the first part. I know you're going to enjoy the second part, and I really hope that you enjoy the third part. Uh, once again, this is light on oddity talk, uh, because we are spending the entire third episode of Trans Theater Fest focusing solely on oddity with our good friends Ariel and Kelsey. Uh, some might think that it's very selfish of me to devote an entire episode. Uh, others might say, hey, Ashley, that's really smart, because that way you don't have to edit so much and you can focus on the play. Uh, I tend to believe the second part a little bit more. Uh, so that said, this one is a little bit more about what we're worried about, uh, what we're excited about. And before we get started into that, I want to share with you a small clip of Maybe Burke talking about their involvement as one of the organizers of Trans Theater Fest. I believe the word that they chose was curators. But here's that snippet of the interview with Maybe Burke. I'm a co-curator. Um, MJ Kaufman and I curated last year. This year we've been lucky enough to double our team. So we also have Kit Yan and Ty Defoe curating with us. Awesome. Yeah. Like, so what, what's, what was the process like last year? What has changed moving into this year? Um, so... Last year, we weren't really sure what we were looking at. Um, Last year, The Brick approached us, and they were like, we have this idea to do a trans festival. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some space. What do you want to do? What do you want it to look like? Uh, Of Trans Theater Fest, which is part of a larger interview that I did with Maybe that is available over on the Patreon. That's right. In about two weeks, it'll be available to you for free. But should you choose to help, if you can, being a Patreon contributor, even just a dollar a month will get you access to uh, mini episodes that we will only that we will put behind that paywall for a month. Uh, So you'll get them a lot quicker, a lot sooner. Not to mention that it helps fund us so that we can keep the web space up on SoundCloud, uh, so that we can hopefully get more access to more videos that uh, we might have to pay for, so that maybe one day we can actually cover the crying game or some other, like, split, I think it is, from M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. So, please consider going over to our Patreon and donating. All that said, here is Transfest Part 2. We, we want to make sure we take the feedback from our first reading and, and do a good job um, talking, talking about the things that folks brought up in, in our particular play. This is Kit Yan 
talking about testosterone. Unfortunately, due to some technical issue, there was a problem with the way that uh, Kit and Kit's producing partner, Simone, uh, were recorded. So I've done my best to fix the audio. I apologize if Kit and Simone sound a little robotic. Um, we want to make sure that all the characters have are really well rounded and heard. Um, you know, I want to make sure that that we understand the relationships between the people in the show um, and and what they want and their relationships with testosterone. Um, at the end of the day, the reason we wrote this play is because Simone and I are we're the main characters are based on us, a person getting on and a person getting off testosterone, um, and the health issues that both of us have had throughout that process. And so when we started writing this play two years ago and just brainstorming about it, we were saying to each other like, hey, um, I was wanting, I was starting to get off testosterone and Simone was starting to think about getting on it. And we just had a lot of questions that we didn't have the answers to. And so um, as writers, for us, one of our main concerns is that we write a play that helps us answer these questions for ourselves. And I want to make sure we do that because, you know, even though we have the vastness of the internet, you can't even find some of the answers to these questions with any definition. Yeah. I mean, I think we've both learned a lot, like both kind of personally, but also like medically, scientifically, right. just like through this process, through word of mouth and the trans community and through our research. Um, I mean, for because our process involved a lot of research, like a concern for me um, is just to present it in a way that's like interesting. Like, and I'm always afraid just as a person who hates boring art, that my <laughs> art is going to be boring. So I'm like, I want to make it not boring. I'm afraid of it being boring. But I think on the other hand, like a lot of this information from presenting it the first time, we realized that it was like as exciting to other people as it is to us. So um, maybe I just need to overcome that fear, but that's also something we're going to work on because like we have, there's just so much knowledge that we, you know, have crammed into this play and has not even made it into the play. So yeah. Right. And our characters are not boring though. They're very no, dynamic they're real cute. individuals. Yeah. <laughs> and they're filled with love and joy. And our actors are amazing. And the actors are really good. Yeah. Because we cannot rely on the the medical system and doctors to, to give us the information about our own bodies. It was so important for us to rely on our peers and, and like a critical mass of folks saying the same thing or asking the same question to know that we are not really alone in this pursuit. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm also like one of my concerns is that like not enough trans people are going to see the the piece. Sometimes I think about that and I think like, yeah. well, this piece is not written for cis people. This piece is written by and for trans folks, like as a mission statement. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I feel really dorky about it. I'm just excited for rewrites. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm excited to get, you know, to flesh out the story, to give our characters like voice, to check our blind spots, really. Yeah. Um, 
and and to make sure that the show is 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 meeting its goals. Yeah, and I mean, I do kind of think that this time is going to be a lot more fun for me because I'm just like not going to be as nervous. Right. I was like really nervous. <laughs> I was like, I had barely ever like worked with actors before. I didn't even know what that was about. Like, um, and I think this time, and it's going to be a lot of the same folks. Um, it's just going to be really fun. And well, our show's reading is July 29th. At 3.30. At 3.30. Um, and it's going to be an amazing cast. Uh, we've yeah. got a lot of the same folks we worked with. And it's a really intergenerational show and cast, which is something we didn't talk about. Um, yeah. Well. It's uh, the, the characters come from um, two of the characters are like of an older generation and then two of them are, are younger and I think in a world where youth and beauty and millennial youth and beauty and trans narratives are like the consistent and dominant ones it it is kind of exciting to see some gender non-conforming trans elders on yeah. stage and whose stories are are being told and those are the people we're talking to too when we are out there interviewing oh, yeah. folks yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, it seems like there's, like, this world of, like, millennial young trans people and then, like, the old guard and, like, you never just, like, see them in the same room together or something. But, like, in reality, like, trans elders are, like, so important to, like, trans millennials being as millennial. <laughs> like, we all have, you know, at least, like, one person who, like, we worship as our, like, you know, mentor or just who represents, like, our goal. Um, and, like, our survival goal, too, because it's so impressive when someone has, like, walked through their whole life that way. Absolutely. And a lot of the folks we interviewed and our characters are folks of color, so um, making sure that they're, everyone's um, story is being told fully it has been really, like, exciting. Yeah. When Kit and Simone talked about the inability to trust doctors and the use of medicalization as a forms of control against the trans community, my immediate thought went to a conversation that I had with JPEG. Some of it you may remember from last week, but this week we talk a little bit more about whether a non-corporeal entity can feel worry and can feel excitement. This is a brief continuation of my talk with JPEG format. Do you experience worry? Because that's my next question. What are you most worried about with the piece? But I, I'm not even sure if you experience an emotion like that. I do experience worry. Okay, so then what are you most worried about with this piece? I worry and fear that this piece will not educate people in empathy. I worry that this piece gives people the right to continue their campaigns against those who are struggling. As we know, there are those who love to prey upon those that are different. I worry that the piece will become too cliche and therefore unvalidated in its caliber. No, I see that, and as a, a corporeal human being as well, uh, I, 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 I kind of sympathize with that. I worry that sometimes the work that I do might get twisted or changed or used in a way that is uh, kind of like you were saying, like it, it like manipulated to the gain of something that I didn't intend. So I, I get that worry. Um, I wonder if, again, if you experience uh, excitement, what are you excited about with this festival? 
I am excited to share this peace of mind because it is the first that I have been able to fully share with others. I am excited to see the work that others have created as well. I am always looking forward to learning more about your humanity, and therefore mine, if there is any available. My cast consists of people of all different backgrounds and they bring in something particularly special. I am very grateful for these people allowing me to direct them and show up at their houses at night. They do not fear me or the intensity of the piece. They have simply accepted what has come their way. Okay, cool, because you hit upon something that I didn't necessarily want to ask, but I feel like I can now. So these people, these performers, they have the ability, the agency to say no, they would not, like they either would or would not want to be a part of this. You're not influencing them in some way. They, like you've had people that you've approached and they've said, no, it's too intense for me. Yes. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, you know, like, okay, good, good, good. As long as we're all on the level with this. Um, great. So thank you so much, JPEG Format, for coming on Is It Transphobic to talk about the Trans Theater Fest. Hello, humans. My name is JPEG Format. My show, Sterile, will be playing at The Brick on July 21st, the 23rd, and the 26th. I hope to see you there. I will be somewhere in the shadows. Don't be afraid to say hello. Sterile, the piece that JPEG Format has coordinated, will be performing Friday, July 21st at 10.40 p.m., Sunday, July 23rd at 6 p.m., and Wednesday, July 26th at 7 p.m. In this next bit, I talk a little bit further with Tony Kokensparger, talking about their show, Laura's, uh, and specifically some of the worries that Tony has as a post-language poet trying to put on a play and describe what is post-language. How does it feel? How does it react on stage? What is Tony most excited to share with you? Uh, my name is Tony Kokensparger. I'm working on a play called Laura's. I'm, 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 par- I mean, like, I have all my, like, nervous paranoia just about the show itself, like, it's, that's a lot I'm going into, and I feel, like, very, um, like, I'm diving into a deep end here in a very good way, like, mm. in, a, in a, in a, it's a productive deep end, um, it's a healthy deep end, I think, <laughs> and it's getting me to make healthy choices in life, like, that's gonna quitting smoking and, like, exercising because I need stamina again, I'm like, yeah, like, these are, like, this is good for me, mm. um, uh, I, I, I worry about, um, I don't know, I have a strange relationship with this piece, because this was the last piece I wrote when I still sort of thought I was this kind of heterosexual, like, I still was didn't, lying to myself a lot, mm. and this was like the play, this was like the last play I wrote before I realized how much I'd been lying to myself and, like, everybody in my life my whole life. Like, I'd been lying, like, a lot from, like, 13 to 26, just about, like, everything, because that was the only way to really get by, mm. um more or less or how I I just get, get afraid I was very afraid of being yelled at very afraid of confrontation very afraid of whatever um and so uh, uh I'm sorry we were even worried about this piece um this was this was I I'm it's weird because in a way I have to like in some parts of this I have to really access I don't know, I guess, like, when I think about worried, I'm worried about, um, maybe the emotional journey of confronting an old me that I really don't want to spend time with, Mm. is, like, actually, that's, like, really kind of it, it's, like, that's the weird thing, is, like, um, even though, like, this was a really, 
human time and I think this person is starting to become a different person than the, the person who I like was just even you know six months ago or whatever um I think this person still um is going to be interesting to spend yeah the next like month and a half in a room with you know what I mean like to mm. to be I'm annoyed with their pros I'll say that that's that's okay. interesting because I've been like the more the more um the more I work on this post language stuff the more inter- interesting it gets to me mm. and like the more the like the difficulty level goes up and this play was like the first shot at all that and I think it's a very good play I, I feel good about it I want people to come I think it's it's interesting I think it it is a good introduction to even the rest of that work like I go through it now like there's there's even things that I have to adapt to just language wise that the Tony that was writing in in December, January doesn't do now. Like I, I, none of my writing, none of the does have e's. No and or in are all just like the letter in. Um, you start to remove anything that looks unnecessary in your text. You start to remove uh, the o comes right out of the four. Um, mm. uh, uh, you start hyphenating with like f's, um, so you get rid of the o and the of. Um, um, like you start like like trying to just shorten everything and make it as streamlined as possible so when you're looking at it it's just notes on a page and not so much like words um Mm. uh so there's things in this where it would be easier to memorize if if it was like the new stuff but i don't have time to rewrite it right now like Mm. it's it's the thing where like now i'm like no i'm just doing the and i'm just saying and as and because i don't have time to make the judgment call if that's worth it or not that's a huge overhaul um so it and it's nice for me to like have to take a minute to like deal with the older language while i'm working with like a newer version of it like it's really nice working in that dichotomy of both at the same time but it is challenging Hmm. um and challenging in an interesting way especially as you're trying to like work with like language um to be sort of strapped in between two authorial voices at once i mean it's like always whenever you're working on like multiple projects anyway but this especially because they're both going towards the same end goal Hmm. it's strange working on two different levels of it. It helps that I can say this is theater. There's a couple, well, there's a couple things I don't know if we can do yet. Um, okay. I have to talk to, I have to talk to, um, <laughs> I have to talk to the theater and I have to talk to my um, uh, sound guy, but I have this, like, like vi- when I've been working and doing this live, a lot of it is about sort of the ecstasy of your body's movement and breath and letting your body sort of convolute around the stage. And um, I'm trying to, tether that in more for the live show and find something kind of constructed for the live because you know mostly when I do shows I only get 10 minutes here 15 minutes 20 minutes whatever the show is Mm. Um, but I'm very interested since we're doing the static in between things I'm wondering if we can get speakers aimed at me and loud enough that it sort of jolts my body like physically shocks my body a little bit Mm. and I don't think this is possible every part of every this is like this feels like one of those like this is an idea I haven't asked about yet because I just don't need to know that it's not possible yet like I need to have I need to let this be a dumb dream for a little while longer because I'm losing my hearing anyway like it's a terrible idea like everything about this is bad but I'm so interested in like Mm. in like um uh I really would love just to send like shockwaves through to, to just wake me up and to also physically feel like another thing that you're mm. conversating with, you know? Um, it's a play alone, but already having Dan do the static means that I have someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that mm. 
instead of running it myself. Like I have to work with someone else's timing, and that's important. So if I could have their timing physically shock me, I'm a terrible listener. I would love, you know, even <laughs> even with static, I'm worried that I'm gonna just like completely forget that it's happening in the middle. It would be nice to like have something to wake mm. me up. And I'm like, I'm an, I, I know my limits. I'm an idiot person. Like I need something loud and dumb and I think that would be the loudest dumbest but I, I yeah so I'm excited about like the potential things that it could be I'm very excited because I'm putting together all this um uh people are going to be if I, I people are going to be able to buy copies of the play because I've got I've had it in book form forever because I've needed a rehearsal script and I've got like a bunch of free zines and free like artwork and stuff that I'll just be putting out because if anybody's going to come to anything of mine first of all thank them for buying the tickets but go home with something, take writing with you, take something to, um, you know, if you're going to come to this, you should leave with something, so I'm trying to make, I'm making a bunch of stuff right now to, like, um, uh, hopefully, like, pass out and have, like, a little table of just, like, fun, that's, like, a very fun part of it for me, is, like, thinking about the sense of the evening and thinking about how big of an art night it can be, like, this is, I've never had a show this big before, this mm. is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, I get to... I, I'm making it all party because why not? Why not make a big? Up until this point, like I, I I've been just giving it all away because I feel like if you can afford to make art at all, and believe me, I've been eating the same meal for every meal for like months and months and months. So when I say afford to make art, like I am using scraps. But if mm. even if you can do that, like it's just supposed to be for healing. So I'm hoping to bring a bunch to just give out. Um, so I'm very excited about that. The chance to like uh, give art to a lot of people and hopefully that's a very like joyous like that's what brings me like a lot of joy about this is like a surprise or just sort of thanks to be able to give gratitude in that way um is mm. feels important come see laura's it is uh thursday july 27th at 8 30 p.m um tickets can be bought right now at bricktheater.com they are 20 dollars uh, my name is tony kokensparger I guess come watch me speak in tongues for an hour. Come watch me babble on stage and writhe in ecstasy. Watch my body rocket around the room. It's going to be an hour of language experimentation and human voice exploration and man-made music, mouth sounds, magnolia. It is going to be a time. It's going to be an event. Laura's will be performing July 27th at 8.30 p.m. Whether you're breaking down communication so that it is at its absolute raw, its most basic form, or whether you are trying to communicate uh, something about your past, something about you, something that you remember, and something about your family, whether that means, again, breaking down language, or whether that means embracing language and understanding how one can communicate with accents from where they're from. Corbin Wendt, the producer, writer, and main actor of Mongrel, talks a little bit more about uh, some of the things that they're worried about, uh, as well as some of the things that they're incredibly excited to share with you. It's a personal thing, and it's, it's maybe stupid, because I'm not worried about the piece playing well or people receiving it positively. People seem to like it a lot, and I feel very, you know, honored that, that I have a difficult relationship to solo performance because mm. I don't want to be the person who feels egotistical in being say, saying like my story is important enough that all of you should gather around and hear it. But having been put into the situation where I've had to do that and people respond positively, now I'm negotiating whether or not I feel maybe maybe that reticence is something in me of like I'm not actually ready to share a story that's so close and so honest to my experience. 
Mm. Um, and so my biggest worry, I think, is in terms of developing it and making sure that I don't use tricks and I don't start to fabricate things just to add length and, and make it more entertaining. I want it to be insightful, I want it to be brutally honest, and I want it to be engaging for an audience. Um, so hopefully the piece that comes out of this will be all of those things. I'm really, really excited to, to get to work alongside Maybe because we, we worked on a reading of mine a while ago and like they're wonderful and lovely and a delight and like a pillar of the community. Um, so I'm, I'm really personally excited just to have like Maybe see a piece of mine um, that is, if not inspired by them, at least in conversation with the way that they perform because, because I've seen some of their pieces and, and they're just like, completely bare and honest and the connection with the audience is right there i mean it's a shakespearean level that's it you, you just talk to them there's no fourth wall and there's no pretending the audience is somebody else it's just they're right there um and so i think that writers and actors talk a lot about performing for a single audience and right now like i just want to make you proud <laughs> <laughs> i do a vagin accent uh that's fun I play a 67 or so year old uh, Rastafari beach bum uh, named Sharky, and this is a true story. He, uh, when I was down there with my father, uh, he recognized my father after having not seen him for 25 years. Wow! He just walked up to him and said, "Hey Barry, how are you doing?" <laughs> and that was sort of the magic that led to this piece. Um, but yeah, so so I do I do a Rastafari accent. Um, I'll probably cry. People, people might like to see that if they know me. I don't do that very often. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is yeah. a difficult question. <laughs> um, it's honest. It's naked. I, I try to do my best to tell a simple story that is directly connected from my heart to the audience. And I think if people are looking for honest theater that has a little bit of cheek but a hell of a lot of heart, like this would be an interesting piece. Uh, my show is Mongrel, and it's playing at The Brick on Friday the 21st of July at 8.30, and then Tuesday the 25th and Saturday the 29th at 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are going to be available at The Brick Theater, as for all the shows, I think. The one common thread that I hear throughout all of these answers is essentially, I hope that my material gets communicated. I hope that people understand. It's not necessarily a, oh no, I hope that the, the production goes well. Of course, we're all worried about that. But the common thread seems to be, I really hope people get it. And I think that stems from such a long time of people not getting it. Uh, of people not understanding the trans experience, but also people not understanding what it's like to try and put something out on stage. Many of us have tried in our youth, many of us have had maybe high hopes that we would become a movie star or a theater artist, and if you've ever done that, you know that there's a certain feeling of excitement in the worry. There's a certain feeling that you can't pull one from the other. Yes, you're worried about something, but you are so excited for it as well. And so it's with that that we embrace a certain chaos. It's with that that we embrace a certain unknowing. It's with that that we embrace maybe. I'm going to let that hang for a moment and let maybe Burke hit me up. <laughs> Be 
being very angry with the pun on their name. I am sure they have heard a billion times. But I figured I'd like to end the show with maybe talking a little bit about what they are worried about and, of course, what they're excited about. Um, so I'm Maybe Burke. Um, I'm performing my cabaret Accidental Trans Anthems with April Rose Gabrielli on Tuesday, July 18th at 7 p.m. Yeah, I mean, I try not to worry too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the wonderful thing about the festival in general, I'm not worried. Because I trust y'all. And I know that whatever happens, it's going to be great. Um, because history proves itself. Last year was great. Whatever. Um, I, I mean, I always, like, on the personal of, like, my show, I'm worried about, like, ticket sales because, like, summer festivals are hard. Mm. Um, because, like, people go away and have social lives. Weird. But I'm really not worried because it's gonna happen i'm specifically excited i i mean i was saying before i grew up in musical theater but i haven't really been able to like sing for an extended period of time for people (laughs) outside of like my bedroom um in a while and so i'm really excited to get to do that again and also i'm collaborating with April Rose Gabrielli, who is a dear friend of mine for the past 10 years. We did a show together in high school and haven't been on stage together since then. Um, But we ended up going to college together and, like, constantly in and out of each other's lives. And I am so excited to share this with April and to create this with April. April is helping me, like, write medleys and shape the music and put things in different keys, because God knows I can't scrawl Kelly Clarkson songs. <laughs> but I'm I'm really excited to, like, finally be able to collaborate with this beautiful, smart human being that I've had in my life for so long, who I just, like, every time I want to do something that has music in it, I'm like, I wonder if April's available. And, like... April's available and we're doing it like we're like the timing just worked it's happening yeah Yeah. and like as soon as I got the idea to do this I like reached out to her and I was just like how do you feel and she's like yes yes I'll make this happen with you yes (laughs) and I was like that's the response I needed yeah let's go um yeah I'm just like so excited we're referring to it as the queer musical partnership you've all been waiting for um whether or not that's true. I mean, I'm sure there are queer musical partnerships out there that are we, we're not waiting for, but <laughs> this is the one you have been waiting for. <laughs> Maybe Burke's Accidental Trans Anthems will be playing July 18th at 7 p.m. And if you'd like, if you're interested, there's a free cabaret preview of the Trans Theater Festival happening on July 17th at 8 p.m. Once again, that is free. All of this information is available at Brick Theater, that is theater with an E-R, dot com. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. 
The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. Okay, can you please just say this for me? Why? Just trust me, there are going to be at least like five people that are going to love it. Trust me. Okay. Hello, fans in Germany. Wait, do you really have fans in Germany, Ashley? You know I have access to this data. Yes, we do. They talk to me. Why? Why do they talk to me? I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's a thing they do. They're like, hey, we're listening to your show. We're in Germany. We like your show. Fair point.